um, some of you know that I have an almost eight-month-old grandbaby. Her name is Emily. And uh, because she is now almost eight months old, she and I are becoming pretty mobile. We can go places like Target and Kroger, and she sits in the little seat. And she is like a queen on a throne. She doesn't have the wave yet, but does she have that smile? She smiles at everybody that she comes in contact with. And most of the time she gets that smile back, but sometimes she doesn't. I mean, they're looking at their list, or they're busy, or they're distracted, or they just don't feel like smiling. But it does not deter her. She has this, no teeth, so this big, open mouth, gummy smile for everybody that she sees. And I was thinking about that this morning and how that is kind of the way we are here. As Aaron always says, whether this is your first time with us or whether you have called this place home for decades, I know that when you walk in this door, you're gonna get lots of big, gummy smiles from us. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to worship at Central Baptist Church.
please stand as you're able and join me for the call to worship. God, your name is written across the heavens. Babies coos announce your kingdom charter. The moon reflects your welcoming smile. And yet you think of us who walk this earth. You guide our hands to goodness, our feet to peace. Give us all more than enough to share. God, your name is written across the heavens. Please pray with me. Today, we thank you, Father, for giving us fathers who protect, who encourage us, with strong words and strong convictions. Father's willing to sacrifice, willing to love us. We know too, some of us are grieving, grieving the loss of a good father or the lack of one. Allow us, Father, to look up and know you in heaven. Your strong arms that protect us your words bring comfort to us, and your perfect sacrifice draws us to you. We celebrate our fathers on earth and our Father in heaven. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's pass the peace. Let's sing one first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll pass the peace. Let's keep this thing in order, will we?
Thank you. Now, if you would, please pass the peace of Christ with your brothers and sisters. Our Hebrew scriptures this morning uh, come from Proverbs chapter 8. Does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Besides the, beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, wisdom cries out. To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills I was brought forth, when he had not yet made earth and fields, or the earth's first bits of soil. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. For the word of God that works its way into us, thanks be to God.
Let's pray again, please. Dear God, we pray for more than just the arrival of the Spirit, because the Spirit is already here. But I pray this morning, God, that you will soften my heart and soften our hearts, that we will allow the Spirit to move with us, and that we can learn to love in ways we never imagined before, that the barriers that stand between us and how much we show, express, and feel our love can be taken away, and that we can find what it truly means to love our brothers and sisters. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. Please stand as you are able for the reading from the gospel, 16, the 16th chapter of John as Jesus speaks and says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God.
morning. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said to love the Lord your God with your heart, your mind, your soul. That is the greatest commandment, he said, but the second is likened to the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said that the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So you see, it really does make a difference. It is a mark of your understanding of Jesus Christ, how you love. Life has taught me this, every day is new, and if anything is true, all that matters when we're through is how we love. Faced with what we lack, some things fall apart, but from the ashes new dreams start. All that matters in the heart is how we love. How we smallest act of kindness in a word a smile or touch in spite of our mistakes chances come again and if we lose or if we win all that matters in how we love How we love How we love From the smallest act of kindness In a word, a smile Trying to be so strong, but in this world of right and wrong, all that matters when we're gone, all that matters all along, all we had that carries
Good morning. It is so good to be here with you all this morning. Let me tell you that you'll be able to pick up on this, I'm sure, pretty quick, but I'm not from Louisville originally. I know how folks in Fayette County can sometimes sit now. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, I'm from Knott County, about two hours down the road uh, in the mountains of eastern Kentucky. So, as you can imagine growing up, we spent a lot of time in Lexington for this or that over the years. Uh, I lived for a little while in Mount Sterling, which is right down the road. My aunt is here this morning. She still lives in Mount Sterling. Uh, and my husband is a proud graduate of the University of Kentucky. Uh, and he grew up right down the road in Lawrenceburg in Anderson County. So we have a lot of Central Kentucky connections this morning as we come here. And suffice it to say, you know, you keep all that in mind, you can probably sort of guess who we pull for around basketball time in our house, even though we do live very deep inside of Louisville Metro. So now that we've got the important stuff out of the way. Well, during the Sunday morning worship service, similar to our gathering today, a pretty structured service, the first point in the preacher's sermon, a woman towards the back of the church was apparently moved. And she shouted, Amen! People quickly turned to see who this woman was and the preacher moved on to the next point in the sermon and sure enough the woman had another outburst and this time she said thank you lord preach it folks again turned and stared and you could feel the discomfort begin to grow especially for those folks that had the misfortune of being seated next to her Finally, towards the end of the message, the preacher was sort of wrapping up, and the woman this time stood up in her pew and raised her hands in the air and said, Praise God Almighty! Thank you, Jesus! An usher who happened to be nearby rushed to tend to the woman to see if there was anything he could do, and the woman looked at him and said, There's nothing wrong with me. I have the spirit. And the usher quickly jumped back from the woman and said, Well, you certainly didn't get it here. <laughs> if most Christians were honest, we'd say we wouldn't want anything to do with such a thing getting a hold of us. We have a tough time talking about the Holy Spirit. When we think about God as revealed through the Trinity, I believe we have a pretty decent understanding of God as creator, the one who set things in motion. Then there's God the Son, God in the flesh, the one who taught us, fully human yet fully God. But then it gets to the Holy Spirit and things get tricky. This morning's text is not the first time in John's gospel that Jesus was preparing folks for the coming of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus was trying to explain the Spirit to Nicodemus earlier in John's Gospel. And the Bible says that Jesus told Nicodemus that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Nicodemus, confused, said to Jesus, How can anyone be born after growing old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb? Nicodemus heard what Jesus was saying, but he wasn't really hearing what Jesus was saying. Have you ever been in that position before? You're talking to somebody, maybe your spouse, and you ask them, did you hear me? And then they nod their head, yes. And then it's like, well, then what did I say? And then the gloves come off, right? Everybody look right this way. I see folks looking and nudging in the pews. We passed peace earlier, so we want to keep it in the Lord's house this morning. Nicodemus was a religious scholar. Sometimes our religious dogmas, our beliefs, our doctrines can be rigid, and they can limit our interpretation of who God is. Jesus was trying to teach Nicodemus something about the nature of God, and it was the same thing that he was trying to tell his disciples in this morning's text, that God's Spirit is coming, and once it does, that it would guide. And that even though one day Jesus was going to leave, even though he would not be physically present with the disciples anymore, he wasn't really leaving because in the mystery of the Trinity, Jesus would be inside of us through the Holy Spirit. This was a dramatic shift in how folks thought about the presence of God. In the ancient world, the gods were feared. People spent most of their time trying not to provoke the gods. In the Old Testament, God's presence is met so often with fear. Remember the Holy of Holies, that place in the tabernacle that was designated for the presence of God to dwell, and only the high priest could enter into that place, and they did so under much fear and trepidation. I believe in his earthly ministry, Jesus was trying to redirect the thoughts about the presence of God in our lives. In John chapter 4, Jesus encountered the Samaritan woman at the well, and after Jesus asked her for a drink of water, he told her about what he called the living water. The Bible says Jesus looked at the woman and said, The water I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Hear that? A spring of water, where is it inside of us? The disciples came to him not long after that encounter and said, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus said, and in the old King James Version I grew up learning, he says, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. The spirit of truth will guide you, Jesus told his disciples. How? Because it'll be inside of you. Listen, Jesus was saying the spirit of God isn't hemmed up in a room somewhere that only a select few can access, but the spirit of God is inside of you, and that is why in you there is a spring of water, and those who drink of it will never thirst again. 
and the mystery of the Trinity, God, Son, and Holy Spirit, three and one, Jesus was saying that the Spirit is in you, and since the Spirit is in you, listen, I am in you. Oh, how long we have spent running from God and being scared to death of God because of what some preacher said when we were a kid or what we heard in Sunday school one morning or what we read in the Bible one day when Jesus is saying, Do not fear. The Spirit of truth will guide you. It goes all the way back to the garden when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and they hid from God because of their shame. And God came through the garden searching and calling out, Adam, Adam, where are you? God still desperately desired to be with them. Near the time when they were to take Jesus to Pilate's court, Jesus was trying to comfort the disciples they were afraid, and Philip spoke up and said, Lord, just show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Instead of invoking the Father to come down and some sort of heaven-on-earth cosmic kind of revelation, Jesus looked at Philip, and in that Galilean accent that they all had grown accustomed to and loved so well, Jesus looked at Philip and said, Philip, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me? Then he said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. A picture of the intertwined nature of the Trinity. And then he went on to say, I will not leave you orphan. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. How the spirit of truth will be in you, Jesus says. Brothers and sisters, we have no need to be fearful of the Holy Spirit. We have no need to be filled with shame in the presence of God. The spirit of truth is inside of us. <clears throat> At Christmas, we sing Emmanuel and celebrate God with us. My friends, the Spirit is God in us. The Spirit of God inside brings about a reconciliation with God because God created us, God called us beloved, and once we believe that we are the beloved of God, we start to pass that belovedness on to others that we encounter along the way. And that river of life, that stream of living water, begins to flow out of us, bringing with it new life. After the Spirit came to the Gentiles, those outside of the Jewish faith, there were questions about how to include these new converts and how many of the Jewish customs they should have to keep. The Bible says that Peter stood and said, My brothers, they have been given the same Holy Spirit that we have. Why should we put God to the test and put a yoke upon them that we ourselves have not been able to bear? 
Even though the law said one thing, even though there was an understanding that tradition and scripture said one thing, Peter said that the Spirit of God drove them into scripture and said, have we been reading this thing right? And just like that, the Spirit of God blew and the church expanded. The Spirit has been at work in our churches blowing hard against the walls of misogyny in church leadership and blowing the doors of the church wide open for LGBTQ Christians. That's what happens when a raging stream of life flows out. You never know where it is going to go. You never know who it will liberate, who it will bring to the table, who it will claim as God's beloved. I believe the spirit blew through a jail cell in Birmingham, Alabama, when a young preacher named Martin Luther King Jr. quoted the prophet Amos and wrote, Let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a mighty stream. What about you? Has the spirit been at work in your life? I find that when the Spirit's been at work in my own life, I don't call it the Spirit, at least not until much later. I believe in our lives the Spirit gives us that extra ounce of strength we need to take that next step when we are about to give out. The Spirit strengthens our relationship with God and in turn strengthens our relationships with other people especially those that we have lost touch with along the way for one reason or another. When I came out to my family a few years ago, it was the hardest thing I've ever experienced. I was confused, they were shocked, and for a while our very close family dealt with an unusual strain. One day we were talking about plans for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving at my mamaw's house is a celebration like none other. We have an entire countertop that is designated only for desserts, and we must think of creative ways to expand that countertop. I wanted so much to be with them for Thanksgiving, but I told my mom the only thing I could tell her, I would love to come, Patrick will have to come with me. I dreaded the response. I had already sort of thought in my head of what it would be. And she sent a text message. And I remember seeing her name pop up on that text ribbon on my phone and staring at it and sticking it back down in my pocket and going on with my day. And then hours later, I came back to it finally mustered up the strength to swipe and open it, and the text message said, come on, both of you, come on. So we've been back every year since, and we go down to visit other times during the year, and I, I can't remember exactly where I was or what I was doing when I finally swiped and answered that text message, but in my mind, I was outside, and in my mind, just about the time I had the strength to swipe and open up that text, I felt just a soft 
breeze. Now you can call that text anything that you want to call it, but I call it a move of the Spirit of God. Our friends in the United Church of Christ have banners in many of their churches that says God is still speaking. Do we really believe in a God who still speaks? I invite you to experience a God who I believe continues to speak at a time when the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. I invite you to experience a Jesus who is still standing up for what is right and just. And I invite you to experience a spirit who takes our hearts and sets them on fire. Amen. So perhaps the question of the day is, do we have the courage to listen to a new voice? It's the old voice, but there are new words and new things to learn. The Spirit is yet not through with Central Baptist Church. The Spirit is yet not through with you. If you think the Spirit is, think again. Please stand as we sing our hymn of invitation.
Thank you. First of all, I want to say to Jordan, thank you so much. Let me tell you what this young man is. Well, he's a brother from Eastern Kentucky, but this young man is a preacher, isn't he? Yeah. Right. You keep on preaching. You keep on preaching because you have a lot to say. Sometimes, sometimes we hear people deliver sermons, and sometimes we hear people preach. And that, that young man preaches. Just a few announcements to make. Uh, a couple things just to remind you of. Remember the book group, uh, the Silas House book that we're working our way through Tuesday, 11 a.m., Thursday at 6 p.m. Next Saturday, the hiking at Raven Run. Uh, contact Aaron for that. Aaron is not here today. He had a, a little minor surgery. He's fine, but he's resting at home with some good pain meds and other things that he's doing. And Mark is, I guess, on the back stretch of his sabbatical. I, although I see the pictures on Facebook, I don't know what sabbatical looks like, but it sure looks like a lot of fun. I think I want to take one. And then next Saturday, we still need some volunteers for the Pride Festival, the booth we have at the Pride Festival. Please, uh, you can sign up at the sign-up table out there if you'd like to. We need a little bit more help, and it's a great day, and it's great fun if you can be there to participate in that. And then uh, Gwen will be selling the tickets to the Legends game. This year we're going really supporting the Flockers group. So if you would like to come to the Legends game with us in a few weeks, uh, please get contact her and buy your tickets through her. Are there any other announcements that I need to make? Know of? Um, yes, ma'am. Women on Mission, 10 a.m., their project's meeting about setting up programs and things for the Women on Mission. Anything else? Yes, ma'am. And the knitting class. I would. Good. <laughs> you hope you don't have to know how to do it, right? Yeah, she's a good teacher. I've seen some of the stuff that Aaron has done. All right, thank you again for being here. Now I'm going to ask Jordan if you would come back and offer a benediction. And then he will be out here if you'd like to come by and say a word of encouragement to him after the service. That would be really great. So, Jordan, thank you. Just before I offer a benediction, thank you all so much. We have uh, felt just right at home here this morning, and I appreciate that welcome. I find any good excuse I can to go east on I-64. <laughs> So it has been a great uh, treasure to be with you all this morning, and I thank you so much for it. Uh, the benediction I'll offer this morning uh, is one that our pastor at Crescent Hill, Jason Crosby, offers us each week after worship. So um, if you'll bow with me, I, I will offer it to you now. The road ahead is long, and our time together short. And we know that what awaits us out there are days of pain, darkness, suffering. But as you go forth, know that this fellowship and the face of God shines upon you this day and every day so that you may do the best that you can to help feed someone who comes to you hungry Help forgive someone that you need to forgive. Stand up for what is right and just. And believe in the audacious hope that you too are being redeemed. Amen.